God's gracious help and well-being, grace and peace with each of you. Um, what a week. Uh, Chuck mentioned the rain. We got 7.6 inches Wednesday. Uh, and our driveway and road were completely flooded. And we've lost two civil rights leaders this week. We saw pictures um, of the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama in 1965. People walking across this bridge being attacked. People who are willing to suffer for inclusion and for justice. And we're truly following in the steps of Jesus. This morning, summertime, we get to enjoy and live into a Bible story, a foundational Bible story. These stories are uh, think words, stories that we need to uh, hear, understand. Thank you, Gail, for uh, uh, your children's story. Story of Jacob. Holy Spirit, please be present as we enjoy this story, bring it close to us, help us to see ourselves in this story and to receive and to value your presence, your promise of presence. We pray for Andrea as she goes home this week. Holy Spirit, please be with her. Thank you for her witness and her message. Amen. I'm going... <coughs> Gail asked if we had had some dreams. Have you had any big dreams? Have you ever had a message dream? A warning dream? Um, I'm in the process of upgrading my truck. I have an old 1999 Ford, and I'm in the process of buying a 2011 vehicle that has fairly low mileage. It has four-wheel drive. I've never had four-wheel drive before. So I dreamed. I had a dream about this. Now, this was not a flee, get up and flee dream. You've made a terrible mistake. Uh, this was kind of a message or instructional dream. I dreamed about four-wheel drive. And I think the message of this dream was that I need to learn a little bit more about four-wheel drives, how to take care of them. I have a repeated dream, often, of working in my medical office. Very detailed dream. And I think the message of these dreams is that I valued this a great deal. This is a very important and precious part of my life. Now, Jacob was a person who knew the value of things. He valued things. Now, sometimes I think uh, we can be a little more like Jacob, sometimes a little more like Esau. I remember when my grandpa Schertz passed away, I think I was one of the last grandchildren that got one of his belongings. Uh, one of my cousins got his chair, rocking chair that he sat in. Uh, coin collections were carried out. They left the clock for me. I remember him winding this clock. But I think um, perhaps I didn't value my heritage like I might have. Jacob valued things. He knew the value of things. He was a master manipulator. 
He bent situations to suit his purposes. Pastor Ada and I talked about this once. She said he was a heel grabber. Um, he, I think, I'm sure, kept the books in their family business, all the herds, all their livestock. He could account for every penny. He was an intense person. He could work and concentrate on things. He's the kind of person, if he broke his wrist and had a cast, he'd keep right on working. Years after this story, when he's manipulated situations and the breeding of livestock, he has the best herds, he has wives, he has servants, he's rich, he's returning. Uh, he wrestles with God at the river Jabbok, and his hip is out of joint, but he keeps right on going. He persists. He's the kind of person who uses the term take care. And you use that term in your conversation, you say take care. I never have in the past, but as I'm getting older, I'm starting to think about using that. He took care. And he's the kind of person in a conversation, he would ask questions when he would know the answers. Do you do that? Or do you know people do that in a conversation? They, would, they ask you questions, but they know the answers. It's a way of ingratiating themselves or getting close to someone to uh, manipulate them. So he values things. He's a bit sneaky, but keep in mind there's one thing worse than being sneaky, and that's being reckless, like Esau was. So I think it's all right to be sneaky a little sometimes if you value things. Anyway, he manipulates Esau. He knows the value of the birthright, and he gets that, Pastor Eric's message last week. And then I think Rebecca knew that the promise should go through Jacob. He was a person who took care, who valued things. I think Isaac knew that too. Anyway, they managed to get the blessing. Remember last week, the blessing from uh, Isaac? And Esau was furious. He was going to kill Jacob. And so Rebekah said, I don't want to lose both of you. Why don't you go back to our homeland, uh, 600 miles away, Mesopotamia. This is all going to blow over. Esau is going to get over this, then you can come back home. Well, as Eugene Roop points out in the Believer's Church Bible commentary, uh, little did she know she was saying goodbye for good to her blessed son. Now, the excuse she gave Isaac uh, was that, you know, Esau has married these local Canaanite women, and it drives me to distraction. I can't take it anymore. Let's send Jacob back to our homeland to find a wife there, just like your father's servant went, and I came back with him. And so Isaac, Isaac's a wonderful person. His name means laughter. He was a good person. He calls Jacob, and he said, go back to our homeland, to your uncle's house, and get a wife. And then he gives him Abraham's blessing. He said, you will be a company of people. You will be fruitful, and God will give you place right here where you grew up to live. So Jacob takes off. He flees. Now this is leaving home not in the best of circumstances. He's running for his life from his brother. And he gets to lose uh, the first night. Important words here are a stone and a certain place. Now this was just an ordinary place, but this is going to become a special place. God's presence, is, this is going to become a pilgrimage for Jacob. And there was a rock formation. He spreads his blankets out, and he lies down uh, as a pillow. And he has, I, I think this must have been restless sleep, or maybe he had trouble getting to sleep. Maybe he was awake. Maybe his eyes were open. But he has a dream. He has a vision 
of this ladder going up and down to heaven. And angels are coming up and down. And God stands beside Jacob and says, I am the God of your father, Isaac, and your grandfather, Abraham. I'm going to give you land here where you grew up to live. And you will be fruitful. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. Now, I remember the Lord told Abraham, look up at the stars. That's how many descendants you'll have here, the dust of the earth. Your descendants will be as the dust of the earth. They'll move north, south, east, and west. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And I will be with you wherever you go. I'll bring you back here, and I won't leave you until I've fulfilled my promises for you. Now, we don't know what else was in this dream. Maybe Esau was in the dream. Maybe he was chasing whatever. Jacob woke up. He was afraid. He said, surely God is in this place, and I didn't know it. This is the house of God or Bethel. House of God. So he woke up in the morning. He took the stone, made a pillar, put oil on it. He named the place Bethel, the house of God, gateway of heaven. And he said to the Lord, he said, if you will be my God, if you'll keep your promises to me, if you'll be with me, give me food to eat and clothes to wear and bring me back to my parents' home, then you will be my God and I will give you a tenth of everything that I have. This was a concrete response. So what is at stake here? What is at stake in this story? What's at stake is life. Life itself, God's promise. Is God's promise going to continue? Is Jacob going to make it? I mean, this is a real low point. Is he going to be able to go on? And this is a conversion story, isn't it? I'm sure Jacob heard about God from Isaac and Rebekah, but now he knows God. He has encountered God. God is real. He's going to live as if God exists. His story is going to join God's story. Now, he's the same person, isn't he? Uh, Pastor Eric next week is going to tell what happened when he gets to his home, to his uncle's house. Things What goes around comes around. And when he leaves, he brings back all his wealth. And um, he, Esau comes to meet him. He has to manipulate Esau one more time. And he does this successfully. He sends droves of livestock out for Esau. And he manipulates him. He insists, and he's successful, that Esau take these gifts. But he doesn't want Esau to come along with him. So he's successful there too. So he, he's able to manipulate Esau one more time. I like to think that these two brothers... When they bury their father, Isaac, I like to think that there's reconciliation there. I think so. I think there was, I hope. I like to think there was reconciliation. So Jacob, uh, you know, this is, this is a long journey ahead. This is a big ladder, but God is standing beside Jacob and saying, get on this first rung. Get on this ladder. You know, you can do this. Uh, Jacob has confidence of uh, God's uh, presence. This is the art of uh, Hachi. You see an angel. This angel is helping Jacob, saying, Jacob, get up. You know, Jacob, you can get on this ladder. 
you can take the first step on this journey. When we uh, diagram family system, this is called a genogram. And the relationship between Isaac and his mother, this would be three lines. It means not just close, not just very close, but enmeshed. And uh, so maybe Jacob, you know, this is time for him to get away from his mother. He's on the ladder. Um, this dream... Uh, requires a new orientation. Uh, Walter Brueggemann says, the dream requires a total redescription of Jacob's life defined by God's presence. So this is a conversion. So the, what is the good news of the gospel? I have, um, I think, four different things. God is in ordinary places. God speaks. God wants people to have a place to live and God is with us on the journey. This is the good news here. God is in ordinary places, making them special. Stones, trees, pillars, rocks. Places are important. Goshen College was an important place for me, a sacred place, uh, sacred ground. I was very immature when I went here, there, but I encountered uh, professors who were not only very distinguished, accomplished in their field, but they were Christian, and they were compassionate. I was starting out, a formative place, and I enjoy retracing my steps coming back. And, and Chuck has uh, read about Jacob many years later coming back to Bethel. Ordinary journeys become pilgrimages. Jacob's place becomes a place of promissory companionship, Walter Brueggemann's terms. Bethel, the house of God, this is second only to Jerusalem in importance. This is a photo of Tara in Ireland. Okay, Tara is a plain, two or three hundred acres probably. You can see 30% of Ireland from this place. And this is where the high kings of Ireland were crowned. And you see this pillar. This is a special, really special place. This is where St. Patrick preached. He explained the Trinity in terms of the shamrock having three petals. And this later on became a gathering place for Irish people when they were considering independence from Britain. So this, Tara, an island. So God is in ordinary places. Secondly, God speaks. Jacob is vulnerable here. He's asleep. He's not doing things. Dreams are often disparaged, aren't they? We're focused on doing, not being vulnerable. But God is speaking. This is not necessarily a warning dream. It's a message of hope. Do not, do not be afraid, as in take Mary into your home as your wife. This is Joseph's dream in the New Testament. God is in the space between wakefulness and sleeping. There is more to reality than what we control. God meets us in dreams, speaks to us in the night. I thought Gail's dream was interesting seeing her friend here in this dream. When our eyes are open or closed, we receive insights into an unrevealed future. These are words of Barbara Holmes, who's written a nice little book on dreaming. 
It's interesting, I had a dream last night, and uh, some, often I had to go to one, two, or three nurseries in the morning, uh, St. Francis Methodist to Proctor, to nurseries before getting back to my office. This was a lot of work, and then this dream somehow, my car was in a parking lot on Main Street in Peoria, and I was down by the river, and I had to walk up and get my, a lot of this you know, doesn't make sense, I guess, unless you think about it, but I was carrying things, and there was a person that came along with me that carried them for me. And I thought in my dream, is this an angel helping me? And I thought that was interesting in terms of uh, the message today. That these angels are there to help on the journey or helping Jacob. Thirdly, God wants people to have a place to live. If you're looking for a biblical frame for housing security or home ownership, you don't need to look any further than Genesis 28, or Genesis. For everyone, including Hispanic and African Americans, in any community. And finally, the fourth, God is with us on the journey. God doesn't leave us. Journeys that start out badly or stressful are transformed. Now there's hope. God shields us. This is the beginning of a journey that took years for Jacob. Jacob came back to Bethel, as Chuck has read. He came now as a community with his family, a big circle. He made an altar, a pillar, maybe not the same stone, but he values this place. He poured oil on it again. His name is changed to Israel. The whole family is here. This Latin calligraphy in Ireland, Celtic-influenced uh, Christianity, uh, it shows these whorls and circles. And I th this, the journey is central. Uh, this is just stone. You can see, you see this everywhere. You can see this calligraphy, um, the whorls and circles. Uh, we are sojourners. The, the Irish faith were, were sojourners, and we are too. Jacob was travelers, not knowing how it will end. God's promise of presence. This is foundational. A Celtic prayer, charm for fear by night, includes this verse. I am here abroad, I am here in need, I am here in pain, I am here in straits, I am here alone, oh God, aid me. A few words of application, transformational goals. It's a picture of a rock fence, there are a lot of rocks in Ireland and some uh, hay bales that are covered up behind there for the sheep. Everything is green there. How can we be transformed? This week be open and vulnerable to God's voice. Try to prevent, present God a clean slate at some point. Be open to mystery. Allow God to give you a dream of the future, perhaps an alternate future. Value your blessing, value your place, your location. God is here. Take care. Make a pilgrimage. Take care of your health. Persist or endure. God will make us strong. Return to God a portion. And importantly, receive God's promise of unending presence and blessing. God is in our place. Receive courage. Be converted. Be saved. As a community, we're climbing this ladder. 
God is with us. We don't need to be afraid of height or falling. The ladder is God's salvation. I was at Elmai Mennonite Historical and Genealogical Society. Uh, I wanted to look and see if I could find something about the history of, the Men of Mennonites and race relations. And I did find a very interesting document, Quaker document from the late 1600s, uh, anti-slavery, you know, based on the golden rule. But I also found uh, a little book, Jacob's Ladder in Ten Sermons by J.E. Hertzler. This was 1907. And he makes the point that this ladder is God's salvation. This is God's love. God's amazing grace. Now, I'll give you an invitation to continue to climb, to continue to join yourself, your story to God's story. This place, this faith community, Metamora Mennonite Church. We'll take just a few minutes of quiet. I would like you to give thanks for God's shielding on the journey and the places God has been present for you. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for dreams and visions, for the strength and confidence you give us on the journey. Holy Spirit, you search out our paths. Your hand is on us. Thank you for speaking to us when we are still, sleeping, not doing, for your reality that we can't always grasp or see at the moment, for your promise of presence in difficulty. Thank you again for being with Andrea in her journey. Teach us your way, O Lord, that we may walk in your truth. Thank you for the chance to accompany Jacob on his journey to the homeland. Be with us on our personal journeys and on our journey as a community. Bring us safely home. Amen.